I don't eat salad. I don't eat vegetables. I don't let my kids eat vegetables. Plants are trying to kill you. This interview with Dr. Chafee was shocking to say the least. If you guys ever thought that you needed vegetables or fruit, you guys need to watch this. Be prepared for explosive myth busting. And if you love this interview, tap that subscribe button. Dr. Chafee and I are also starting a Patreon where you can ask him any of your burning questions. The link is in the description down below. Dr. Chafee, take it away. So for those that don't know you, Dr. Chafee, can you just explain a little bit about yourself, please? Uh, yeah, so I'm a doctor specializing in neurosurgery in Perth, Australia. And for the last you know, 20 or so years, I've done extensive research into diet and nutrition and how this affects health and chronic disease and uh, athletic performance. I came from a professional uh, rugby background, played um, uh, sort of professionally in America and then UK. I uh, was an All-American rugby player and um, continued on playing professionally for about 10 years before medical school. So diet and nutrition was always very important to me as an athlete, but also very interesting to me as uh, you know, a scientist in my undergraduate degree and also as a doctor. So it's just something that I've fallen into uh, more recently, you know, getting into the you know, carnivore diet and really realizing you know, the optimal diet for humans is is a you know meat based or meat meat exclusive diet and i've just been yeah sort of just doing research and uh treating patients in that uh, in that space you started the carnivore diet about 20 years ago is that right and then you kind of went off yeah. it and then you went back on it so can you elaborate more about that yeah so 20 plus years ago when i was in my undergraduate degree at the university of washington in seattle i was taking cancer biology and you know this is we were looking at you know different sorts of foods and different things we eat uh, as as mechanisms for cancer, having carcinogens and so forth. You know, pretty normal concept that people uh, know about, like you know carcinogens in cigarettes and and so forth. But we were looking at uh, vegetables as well and seeing that actually vegetables had carcinogens in them also because this was the way that a plant uh, could protect itself. This is pretty wild to most people because we're told that vegetables are really good for us. They're so beneficial. They're so nutritious. And yes, they can have nutrients. Yes, they can have benefits in certain ways, but they're also plants and plants protect themselves by using chemical deterrence. This is, this is basic botany. Um, any botanist can tell you, any introductory botany textbook can show you that you know, plants and animals are an evolutionary arms race. Plants becoming more and more poisonous, so less and less animals can eat them so they can survive and thrive. This is their, their evolutionary uh, protection, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then animals becoming more and more adapted to specific poisons and specific plants so they can eat that plant safely and they can survive and thrive and they can break those, those uh, harmful components down. So this is why herbivores in the wild eat very specific plants. They don't eat other plants or they will, they will die. We see this ourselves. We get lost out in the, in the forest or the bush and we run out of food. We can't just eat any random plant. Most of them will make us very sick or even kill us. So we have to know exactly which ones are at least palatable. And while maybe they aren't optimal, they'll at least help let us survive for a time. So we were looking at this from a cancer perspective. And you know, we learned 20 plus years ago that we had already identified 136 known human carcinogens in Brussels sprouts alone and wow. over 100 yeah and over 100 in just you know white table mushrooms 
And then we were given lists with all the different sorts of vegetables that we would normally encounter at the grocery store, you know, spinach, kale, lettuce, celery, cabbage, cucumber, you name it, literally page after page after page with the number of identified human carcinogens in each one. And there wasn't a single one with less than 60. It was mostly over 80 or even over a hundred. Mm -hmm. So we were quite taken aback by this. We thought that he must be joking. We were looking around wildly you know, for, for a, a TA or a teaching assistant who was just you know, snickering in the corner, like, ah, he always says this, but no one was. And so it sort of slowly dawned on all of us that this guy was serious and was sort of coming to grips with that. And I remember thinking in my head, you know, but, but vegetables are still good for you though, right? And he just took a look at us and he just said, I don't eat salad. I don't eat vegetables. I don't let my kids eat vegetables. Plants are trying to kill you. So I was like, right, screw plants. And I just went straight to the grocery store after class. And I just was like, okay, I'm just going to get a whole new shopping trip. I'm just not going to get any plants. But I was, I was just shocked. The entire grocery store was plants and or plant-based products or um, you know, things that contain plants, even if they had meat in it, you know, like breaded meat or you know, you know, chicken with mixed vegetables and so forth. So I just started walking around. I'm like, what the hell can I eat? Everything's a plant. I did, all I knew is I did not want to eat plants. Yeah. And so I started, you know, I found eggs. Okay. It was like, okay, eggs, eggs don't come from a plant. Milk, milk doesn't come from a plant. Meat, meat doesn't come from a plant. So I just started eating eggs, meat and milk for five years after that. And I was, you know, I, I never felt better. I was, you know, you know, playing professional rugby. I was, you know, um, you know, doing all-star uh, competitions and games and, and, uh, you know, competing for the U S national team. And, you know, I, I, couldn't get tired. I couldn't run out of energy. I couldn't get sore. I didn't get sore anymore after I worked out. I don't get sore anymore either. I've found that that's to be from different inflammatory factors in plants that actually cause that soreness. That's the plant's way of telling you, hey, don't eat me. I'm going to make you feel bad. So I don't get sore anymore. It doesn't matter how hard I work out. It doesn't matter how long it's been between workouts. I will not get sore. Mm. Um, I can get injured, but you know, I'm not, uh, I don't get that delayed onset muscle soreness, the DOMS that people talk about. I did that for five plus years until I was around 25. And I was in England playing uh, rugby in the, the national one league, which then became champions league. And I sort of started slipping off of it because I wasn't really getting the access to meat that I, that I wanted. And some of it was breaded. And I was thinking, well, is that big, uh, that big of a deal, just a bit of breading. And, and so I thought, well, you know, dose makes the poison. Maybe it's not all that bad for me. And it actually did it actually affected me quite a lot. I remember a couple months into it thinking to myself, like, why don't I just feel as just superhuman as I normally do? Why don't I just feel as unbelievably amazing mm. as I normally do? Am I, am I just not working out as hard? Am I just not pushing myself? Like what, what's going on? Um, and I didn't realize it at the time, but that was when I started slipping off and started incorporating some plants, some plants, not even that much, just, just like breaded chicken. Like it really wasn't, I wasn't like eating pasta or anything like that. Yeah. But after that, I, it was sort of a slippery slope. Once I started down that path, I just stopped thinking about it as closely. And I just started eating a few other things and a few other things and a few other things. And then I, and, and then at one point I remember being in England going like, like, Oh, let's all make French toast. And like, I hadn't even thought about it. I was like, oh, I haven't had French toast in years. And I didn't even think to myself <laughs> like, yeah. And why is that? 
you know, because it's an incremental increase, right? So it's like doing the breading, doing the sauces, doing some bread, pasta, and then you're having a whole dessert option as well. So yeah, I mean, I've done the yeah. same thing. So it just happens. It's just that that sweetness that just um, increases like over time. Uh, starts like for me it starts with fruit and then i start having mm. a bit of fruit then i start having bananas then i start having um some desserts and then it's all over then i can have half a jar yeah. of peanut butter and i'm just thinking where did that happen how did that happen <laughs> yeah yeah how did how did we get here yeah exactly. and yeah and i you know i see that in a lot of people you know because obviously they're you know in the carnivore community as well more recently last you know year or so there have been some, you know, carnivore proponents that normally would say, hey, just just meat and water, that's the best way to go, organ meats as well. And now they're saying, well, actually, fruit and honey are actually okay, you can you can do this, or maybe it's even beneficial. Um, and they have, you know, their reasons uh, to suggest that. But I see a lot of people doing exactly what you you described there, they say, Oh, I can have fruit and honey great so they have a bit of honey they have a bit of fruit and they have a bit more and they have a bit more and they have a bit more and they have all you know described to me well the ones that have reached out to me have described that they they slowly build up like you say and in six months they're eating pizza and pasta and drinking soda and and, and so forth and they realize they put on a lot of weight and they're really unhealthy again. And all of a sudden they sort of had this, you know, wake up moment. They go like, okay, what the hell have I done? I need to, I need to go back to basics here. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the thing with, with fructose specifically is that it, it causes a, you know, a dopamine reaction into the addiction centers of your brain. So this is actually an addictive drug. Yeah. And so it, it behaves as such. And so you have a bit of a drug, then you want, want a bit more and a bit more and you, and you end up rationalizing and justifying you know, why that's okay. And all of a sudden it becomes uh, quite a big problem. Yeah, it's interesting you say fructose. So fructose is, a, as you say, it's a drug. So fructose is in things mm -hmm. like fruit and we're very much told to eat your fruits and vegetables. So can you elaborate mm -hmm. for those? Like, I'm just thinking of my mom where she loves fruit and she'll say to me, mm -hmm. Rena, why don't you ha have vegetables and that kind of thing? So for people like my mom, can you explain why why is fructose bad and why should we not be having fruit so so fructose has been you know quite conclusively shown to cause serious metabolic diseases and and, and metabolic syndrome specifically by uh, dr uh, robert lustig from the university of california san francisco uh, and uh, the ucsf biochemistry department actually showed biochemically you know what this what fructose does in your body. So is that, they actually showed that it gets metabolized and broken down into the same byproducts as ethanol. So alcohol, right? So you get the same diseases and problems and damage to your body from eating fructose as you do alcohol from those same breakdown products. Obviously they do different things before they, they get broken down, but mm -hmm. they, uh, they, once they get broken down, they get broken down into the exact same things gram for gram. And so you get the same diseases. You get fatty liver disease, cirrhosis, diabetes, heart disease, even you know cancer and Alzheimer's have been implicated in these uh, in these things for different mechanistic uh, reasons. And it's you know it's addictive in the same manner as a hard drug such as cocaine, heroin, and methamphetamines. With our MRI studies showing that uh, sugar addiction kills the same areas of your brain as methamphetamine addiction, and it kills those areas of your brain to the same extent as methamphetamine addiction. So this is very, very bad. This is a very bad drug. People 
don't believe this, you know, but they, I invite them to look at the data and look at the literature and, and Dr. Lustig's work. But generally, they don't believe it because people think that, um, you know, a drug is, is as bad as the high it gives you. Um, you know, so they say, well, how can it be that bad? You know, it's just sugar, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Well, it doesn't matter, you know, like, you know, just because you don't get as high, but you know, kids get sugar high, they get sugar rushed, they come down, they start freaking out if they don't get their sweets and so forth. You know, this is this is like, you know, a, you know drug crazed maniac. If that person was 35 grown, 35 year old grown man, having the same sort of hissy fit, it would be quite dramatic. But because yeah. they're a small child, it's not all oh, that's adorable. No, they're, they're, they're having a withdrawal from a drug and they're acting out because of it. So this, is, this has been very conclusively uh, shown. And so, you know, and, and there's tons of things that don't get you high at all and just kill you like cyanide. And that, that exists in 2,500 different plants as well. You know, these are, these are defense mechanisms. You know, fructose, you know, is, is sweet. And we think that the reason that we recognize fructose as the sweetest of the, of the sugars is because you know, we don't know of any, doesn't appear to be any any plants that contain fructose that are acutely poisonous to humans. That that, that means that they'll kill you that day. Okay. You know, so our ancestors that maybe have have weren't able to get get their kill, weren't able to get what they wanted, they were able to, and they were able to recognize this as a safe energy source and a quick hit of energy to just to keep them going so that then they could survive until they got their primary food source that, you know, that th this conferred uh, a level of benefit to survival. And so those were the people that, that survived more and more. We also come from an herbivorous background about 8 million years ago. And so, you know, they may have been eating uh, you know, fruit and so forth at, at that point. And so maybe they recognize that again as something, you know, uh, beneficial for in the short term and so forth. So mm -hmm. either way, this, this has come down in, in that regard. And so we still recognize it as sweet. Whereas mm -hmm. by and large, most things will taste bitter if they're, you know, bad for you. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so sugar is an outlier. It tastes good but it is bad for you long-term, but things that taste bitter and taste have these strong tastes and flavors and so forth, uh, that is your brain and your tongue telling you like this, is, there's something harmful in here. You should okay. not eat it. And so it, when, when I heard, you know, Dr. Gundry say once, you know, he's the guy who did um, plant paradox and he got, he did very well. He talked about, you know, lectins and all these sort of harmful chemicals and plants. These are defense mechanisms that they evolved millions and millions of years ago. And then he says, oh, but, you know, plants are still good for you. You should still eat them. And it's like, well, you know. Why is he saying so that? So why is he saying that plants are good for you that we should? Okay. Okay. I, I, but you're I, I don't flat know. out I, that yeah. plants are not good for us. Fruit is Absolutely not good. Absolutely not. So, so yeah. from, like from an evolution point of view, weren't we having a little bit of fruit like every now and then if we, you know, saw some berries or something, just, just a little bit? Is there any room for Maybe. that now? Or is it completely different? Maybe it's possible, but you know, we, we did evolve during ice ages and there were no fruits or berries during the ice ages, right? So, so for tens of thousands of years, we never had access to any sort of fruit. So, you know, could you have it sometimes and would this help survival if you were starving? Sure. Is this something that's necessary to your health? Absolutely not. And we know mm -hmm. that conclusively because you know, otherwise our, our species wouldn't exist, you know, because we came through ice ages. And in fact, our ancestors, 
survive because they went full carnivore when the ice ages hit and it's, it's killed off all the plants and animals and you know only the big sort of woolly ma mammals like the mammoths and so forth were able to survive they were sort of dig under the permafrost get at grasses and so forth um other other animals weren't and then you have like the big predators that were able to hunt these things like our ancestors who had already figured out stone tools they would figured out tactics they would figured out how to take down you know, an animal we had no business taking down physically because we figured out tools, we figured out tactics. That's why our brains developed to the point that they are. Mm. And, and then that's why we use tools and we live in houses and mm. lions don't because lions had the natural physical capabilities to take down large prey. Mm -hmm. We didn't, you know, we had, we had to find an end route. So we, we aren't actually physically adapted to take down large prey. Okay. which is where tools come in, which is where our brain came in. So the, that's what we developed. We developed a larger brain so that we could figure out how, how to get these sorts of things. And, and it ended up working out well for us, but you know, we did evolve as carnivores. In fact, we evolved because our ancestors went carnivore. That's why, that's why we're here. And so when people say, well, we're naturally adapted, our hands are naturally adapted just to pick fruit and to, you know, you know, you know, pick leaves and this, that, and the other. Yes, they are. And because of that, we wouldn't have developed our brains. If that's yeah. what we were eating, if we were just eating fruit, eating fruit, eating fruit, eating fruit, and it's yeah. just sitting there, and we're just in the garden of Eden and there's just, there's just nothing but abundance. Why did we need to develop our brain? Why did we need to develop tools? You know, why were we developing arrowheads and spear points two, three million years ago to get fruit. You know, it wasn't to crack coconuts, I can tell you that. I hope you loved part one of this interview. Part two is coming where we chat all things about why cholesterol does not cause heart disease, curing autoimmune disease, and also exercise performance. Join our Patreon, the link is in the description down below. And y'all better subscribe and like this video because you guys need to see part two of my interview with Dr. Chafee. I'll see you guys in a few days. Bye.